Yes. I'm doing my first medley, ain't I? Really? What's the next song going to be? The Your next selection of song songs? is a lovely, lovely song. It's about being on the road again. And what's it called? It's called Being on the Road Again. Oh, Willie Nelson? Yeah, I don't know who the Willie Willie is. William Nelson? Uh, the Willie Willie, but I tried my medley out for me Royal last night because Ooh. that's what we were doing. We were doing medley night, right? As you do. And he said me medley was really, really good and then he ate his pie and chips, didn't he? Uh, so well. should I do me medley, Dean? Hit me. On the road again. Just can't wait to get on the road again. Bam 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 on the road again. Hello, hello, hello. With me in the studio, Sylvia Silversmith. Hello, peeps. And Marsha MacDonald. Yeah, yeah, hey, what up, peeps? Now, after the addendum last week, yeah. the first addendum to ever make its appearance and presence known on the Dukey Radio Show, we've had a, a change of fortune with regards to... The fob and the Volvo and yeah. everything that involved. Dookie, you seem lighter. That's all I'm going to say. You do seem lighter. You seem lighter in mood. You, I take it you got it back. The car is back. Did it come rolling back like the chariot it is? Absolutely. Beautifully. I saw it, and it's a very, very beautiful car. It's very boxy. It's decidedly boxy. And your dog was poofed up in a poofy, poofy way in the back. Dookie, you're riding that dog around like the Queen of Sheba. She was devoid of boxy vehicle for three weeks. I felt duty-bound to make things as comfortable and as lovely for her as possible. You made a bed in the back of your car for your dog? Yes, I made a huge bed in the back of the car, complete with duvet. With a a duvet? Yes. Like a comforter? It's what uh, Americans now call a duvet. Yeah, it's what I still call a comforter, but anyway, uh, so... Yes, one of those is in the back. You've got a whole bed in your car? Yes. What, like a single bed? Yes. Isn't it... An air bed, an air mattress. Oh, it's like an air... Yes, it's like an air mattress with a duvet on top of it. I initially purchased it for the purpose of overnight sleeping at festivals and at gigs where it's simply too late to hit the road. Again. Uh, Dookie, can I just say something about... So, you got a bed, like... Uh, like the like a kind of... Sort of bed... In your car for your dog. Right? Yes. And now, what is she... What is she doing down there? She's got some kind of carcass? She's so excited uh, at the... 
reality of having the Volvo back that she's tucking into a bone that she hasn't looked at in days. But, uh, you That know, thing looks pretty she's... disgusting. What is it? Like a cow part or something? Oh, it's some kind of part. Wow, that's like, she's got the whole, like, cow down there. Yes. I heard raw bones are very good for dogs. Absolutely. Is that why you're feeding it to her? Yes, yeah, raw right. food in general. It looks like a corpse. It, it does, yeah. It looks it, like a pretty good, sizable corpse of a cow. Yes, it... Um, Dookie, doesn't that bother you? Because I know you're a vegetarian. I mean, it does, but then I can't really force that diet upon poor little Molly. So you're not going to do the whole Paul McCartney thing? No. So you got a bed for your dog, you're a vegetarian, but you buy corpses for your dog. You're you're pretty close to this dog. The dog is a very special part of my life. And Dookie, you got the car back. The car is back and with not one, but two. Count them two fobs. Yeah. So that we will never be fobbed off again in Edinburgh or anywhere. Yeah, you know, there there you know, I've made you a lot of you know, I made you ziti, right? I've had a lot of ziti. I've made you two cakes, right? Mm. Now Okay, you could say that it was from a mix, but the frosting was actually made from scratch. Still an effort. Yeah, so still delicious. You know, and you can't fault Betty Crocker, right? She was a lovely woman. But if you make the the frosting from scratch, right? That, like you say, you're putting in some effort, and you can't beat a vanilla cream cheese frosting on a chocolate cake. Try it, people; it's really good. So, uh, you know, I'm trying to make amends. So I'm saying you have, and the car is back. Life is good. I feel much better. I feel complete. I I feel myself. It was a bad couple of weeks there. You don't like the month of September. I don't mind the month. Oh, you it's just more didn't like having just, a car. Just this. Not having a car. Uh, yes. Okay. You know, it's been a little bit of a funky well, September. Dookie, what was the result of your parking ticket? Oh. Um, oh, God, did they get you? Oh, Jesus, I feel even worse. I contested it. Yeah. And... So they ticketed your rental car, even though you're in, a, you're in your own parking spot, right? Yes, with... An appropriate scratch card, a Jesus, temporary there, permit. I mean, how many? How much bet? How much was the ticket? One hundred pounds. You paid a hundred pounds. <laughs> Jesus, you know there ain't enough Betty Crocker in the world. So the reply to my contesting of the parking fine um, ended with a sentence from them along the lines of, "If this is not the outcome that you wished." Yeah. We apologize. Or well, I'm sorry if this is not the outcome you know what you should that do, you wished for. Dookie. As though, oh yes, I was really looking forward to paying this. Well, yeah, firstly, that's just really stupid. And secondly, I hope you're gonna write back and say, you know, you people who work in parking, you do this kind of petty bureaucracy for a living, you're probably not the outcome your parents were hoping for. Right? Yes. I mean who you know, who does that for, I mean, okay, so it's not novel to, you know, criticize the people who get parking tic- tickets. You know, it's a well-worn furrow of comedians, right? Yes. But, you know, why do they, ex- how do they, I just want to know how they sleep at night. You know, do they go to bed at night and go. Sedatives. Yeah. A lot of alcohol. I mean... They're based in Yorkshire, so presumably a fair bit of uh, bitter would uh, all right. feature. You know, I'm not 
saying I'm working down a coal mine all day long. I'm just saying, you know, most of us try to go to bed at night thinking, you know, whatever we do, we did a good job. But what if your job is to, like, piss people off? Do you go to bed going, wow, I pissed 12 people off today, and wow, I'm sweet dreams to me. Hey, I got, you know, I got twinkly fairy lights around me. Is that what they do? I, I mean, who does that? Delusions of grandeur, Especially when you're, only, you're in your own parking spot. That's the thing which really, really annoys me. This isn't a situation where the car was, you know, an obstruction. It was in the bay that I pay good money, good British money, I'll have you know, <laughs> in, in hiring... And I had a scratch card and it was just, yeah. I thought I'd I at saw, least uh, appeal to their better nature, but it didn't work. It, yeah, I saw this guy this morning. He's one of these parking ticket dudes, right, when I was having my coffee. And, you know, I just kind of hated him. And, you know, it wasn't anything to do with me. I bike, I cycled up there and, I, you know, he's nothing to do with me. But I hated him because he's costing me a lot of ZD and Betty Crocker and heartache because... I lost the fob like a dick. That's all I'm saying. So I looked at this guy and I thought, I hate you. And then I thought, that's not fair. You know, he's probably got kids. You know, he's a job. We all got to earn money. Mm. It's not fair to hate him. But I did. And I thought lots of people probably hate him. Maybe that's what, maybe that's what he likes. Maybe he likes being hated. Delusions of grandeur, possibly. Some people like to have arguments. Yes. I have a Facebook. Well, he's a he's a real life friend, but he's also a, a Facebook friend. And he, you know, on, on there are other friends. There are other places to make. friends. There are other social networking. There are sites. other social networking sites. And, you know, he's a nice guy. And we've been friends for a long time. And on Facebook, he's just always having arguments with people. And I'm like, but these people are your friends. I've probably said this before, but isn't that what Twitter's for? Like, so, you know, some people just have that oppositional conversational style where, you know, they just want to have arguments. So if you're like that, maybe like parking ticket dude is like the best job in the world for you. I don't know how they sleep at night. Oh, Duke, you don't look all upset because you have your car back and now you and your dog are happy. And... It's wonderful because I because you weren't able to be home when they had the car delivered. So I got the privilege of being the meet and greet person for the car. And, you know, it was just lovely to see it pulling into your car parking lot. Yeah, you put out buntings. I was, uh, there were buntings. There was, there was Martha's Betty Crocker, which was a delish. <laughs> and it was just, and the guy who drove it back, his name was Carlos, and he was really nice. And he just seemed happy to be, deli- see, that's a happy job. You know, where you're bringing back somebody's thing that they love. And he was really nice, and he seemed happy in his work. So, after... Fobbing off the fringe and the addendum that followed it. We are well and truly back on the wagon. Back on the wagon. And I'll tell you what, Dookie, it's been a rough week in our household. It's, yes. I'm aware that... Uh, yeah, Sylv, Sylv ain't doing good, are you, Sylv? I'm a, I'm a little, I'm a little pooping myself. Are you pooping yourself? She's, 
you know, she's not good, Dookie, as you've seen. And she just goes really quiet, right? And a little snappy. I have been snappy. I have been snappy. But we're we're hoping it's all going to be over this time tomorrow. That's all I can say. For the benefit of our listeners, why have you been on edge, Sylvia? I have an interview tomorrow. An interview? Yes. Well, see, it's not like a... You know, like, because I'm self-employed and I'm not looking for a job job, but this place are looking for somebody to put on their books. So if I get the gig, oh, that's a terrible use of that word gig. Oh, that's horrible. I sound like David Brent. Anyway, I'm going to have to go with it now. Um, If I get it, it just means that they'll give me work on a freelance basis. And if I don't get it, it means that everything that I hold dear and good and all my beliefs about the world will shatter down around me like crumbling icebergs. So not to put, you know, too much hyperbole on it or anything, but uh, hey, Sylv, how much wine did you get through last night? Well, now, I, I got a bottle but it was a small it wasn't the big it wasn't a big bottle it was a big bottle it wasn't a tiny little okay it wasn't a tiny bottle it wasn't something that they'd give to you on an airplane or that you find in your hotel fridge i had to buy it for her because she was being such a pain in my hole that the i thought the only way i was going to calm her down and shut her up was to was to get her jacked up on the bubbly and she only drinks bubbly. She drinks two things. She drinks bubbly and vodka. That's not true. I also drink a bit of whiskey. So you're basically a champagne socialist with Celtic leanings. Yes. That is it. I can't drink wine. But you enjoy bubbly champagne. I know. I can't drink. You know what's wine. really weird is I can't drink still water either. It makes me sick. So my, I, I can only have either bubbly water or bubbly wine, and I don't know why that is. So it's all about the bubbles for you? It's all about the bubbles. And Dookie, I don't know if you can give me any advice for this interview tomorrow, because I am pooping my pants. Pooping them. Well, pooping. I would suggest a, a change of, of knickers. And okay, trousers. that might be a good start. Or skirt, should you decide to go that route? You know why I'm kind of pooping myself even more than I normally would be? It's because I know somebody else who's going up for the position. Oh. And. Oh. It hurts. Ouch. You know when you know them? You know they say it's better to know your enemy. In this instance, I'm thinking not so much. You keep your friends close. You keep your enemies close. Yeah, but sometimes I don't want them that close. No, sometimes. I mean, it's not like they're necessarily an enemy. It's just that I don't want to know. You know, like mostly when you go for an interview, you don't know who else is up for the job. No. So if you don't get it, you can fool yourself into thinking, well, they were obviously so much more skilled and experienced than me. And I can only strive to be that good. But when I know them... It's a lot harder. It's it's just because, you know, now I know who you are and I know what I know the kind of job that you do. And it's hard to know that. So if I don't get it and this person does. 
Dookie, out. yeah, I Dookie, I don't think that I will. You two will have to be bringing me a lot of Betty Crocker and shoving it under my duvet. What about Ziti? And some Ziti too. And a lot of Prosecco. So if, uh, can I just tell the both of you now, because you both know me well, is that when I'm under my duvet, if that happens, dog forbid, if it happens, just keep shoving the bottles, the big bottles of Prosecco under the duvet. Until I emerge in maybe a few months' time. Normally in the acting profession or yes. any type of setting where you have to audition yes. for a, a given a given position or or gig. Yes, I'm language. very sorry. I feel like I've offended you as a musician no, not at all. to say gig, and that's just horrible because it's not a gig. I've got an audition for something myself tomorrow. Yes, and happens. I know you do. We're all showcasing our wares tomorrow. Normally, in in the kind of creative, artistic world, you might know somebody who has parallel interests and skills as yourself, yes. and they're going for for a gig, a role. A job, yes, at the same time as as yourself, and it's. Yes. Uh, but this is different from that. What what type of work do you do? Well, it's always so hard to describe, and Marcia's only just found out what I do for a living because I've been rehearsing my presentation for her. May I stop? You yes, there? please, Marcia. Sylvia, you've been living together now for. It's been a fair while, hasn't it, Dookie? And it's been. Marcia's a- only just found out. Well, you know, I knew, but I didn't really get it. I don't know. I knew that she did something that involved, like, standing up in front of people. But, you know, I didn't really get it. Is this your version of Chandler Bing's work-related uh, goings-on in the American series? Yeah, kind of. I mean, it's, you know, who talks about their job, you know? Oh, too many people. Yeah, it's true, but Sylph's not like that, and... You know, it, a lot of people don't understand what I do. So I'm the person that if you work in an office and somebody in your office decides that everybody needs to know more about time management, I am the person who will come along and deliver a day's session or course or whatever you want to call it on time management. And I'll be that annoying person that'll make you do icebreakers and get people into pairs and get discussions going and all that. And I remember when your your friend and colleague Ed asked me what I did for a living and I told him and he said, oh, you're the one who does those things. I hate those things. And I thought and I said to him, yeah, everybody hates those things. But I'm very lucky because most of my courses are really, really nice people and we actually do manage to have nice times together. Sylvia Silversmith, a woman who does things that most people hate. It's, and, and I actually do love what I do for a living. And can I mention the name of the organization where I do most of my work? Absolutely. I do most of my work for Shelter, you know, the homelessness charity. Oh, right. So incredibly worthwhile... They're endeavors. a wonderful organization and mm. they give me touch wood. They give me, I'm going to touch some wood now, just a second. That's me touching wood. They give me lots of work and the people who work for them and stuff, they are just really lovely people. So I'm really, really lucky. It's just that I'm looking for some more work. That's all I'm doing. You know, just some more work, you know, just to make some more money. That's all. I appreciate that. I can't help but think the presentation that you're giving tomorrow the interview yes is is causing only 20 percent of the stress that you're dealing with i think you have something to say dookie it really is 
this other person that's oh is it the other yes is that what you're getting at right. that i'm the, the where did uh, you the, think i was going well i don't know but yes it's it's the fact that i know this other person and this other person it's just hard to know that they're my competition and I think they'd probably say the same thing about me. So like I say, if this other person gets it and I don't, that's going to be really horrible. And I will be under the duvet and you will be having to shove bottles of Prosecco under the duvet with the occasional whiskey. The title of this particular episode of the Dookie Radio Show yes. is Back on the Wagon. Now, normally so. that's associated with abstinence. From the Dookie, we demon have, drink. We have not been abstaining, have we? Uh, no. But, hey, Dookie, how's yes. your liver this week? Because I saw you it's on... battered. Battered. Yeah, I saw you the day after... Should we just call it like the day after? Like that movie in the 80s about the nuclear apocalypse? It was... That was like... Remember that movie? I do. You know that movie? So that they that movie about, you know, they dropped the bomb and, you know, it's the day after, right? That was like that the day after it was like your liver, right? Like you had a this mushroom cloud. Yeah, you had liver. this like nuclear waste of a liver, right? Yes. What and you were drinking some punk stuff? I had two punk. nights on the trot. Uh the first on the, the track. Nights. Yes. Right. The first of the two nights uh, was with a recent guest on the Dookie Radio. Oh, show. yeah. Who was that? I went out for drinkies with the lovely Billy Ritchie. Oh, um, yeah. Irene has the hearts for him. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, she talks about him all the time and I what a, quiet. like a natty dresser <laughs> he is and stuff. Yeah, she's, she's totally hot for him. And he's a lovely, lovely man. And... He's Scottish, my blood is Irish, and it gets very Celtic, and the banter flows, the drink flows even more. And I was feeling a little delicate the next day, not that bad. And then I met the the following day another person that's been on the Dookie Radio show oh, yeah. back in the Croydon radio days. Oh, yeah. Who was that? Uh, Mr. A.D. Hardy. He oh, runs right. a brilliant studio here in London called Unit 2. Gear Geekery uh, reared its ugly head and I consumed far too many pints on a very empty stomach and... Dookie. It, it's... I... Yes. In your bathroom, I have left you a bottle of milk thistle. Mm. And I think that you need to take it yes, once my, a day. My liver needs replenishment. I feel a great, great sense of personal, um, what's the word I want? Investment in the milk thistle. Really? For, which is a good word for me. For the liver. So that, you know, you and I watch EastEnders. So, you know, the guy on it, Phil, who is having terrible, terrible times because he's drank his liver to annihilation. I just keep thinking, now, if I was one of his family members, I would just be shoveling the milk thistle down him. So... Not that I'm advocating this. Right. You need to speak to your doctor <laughs> if you're going, because it is an herbal preparation, but that doesn't mean that it doesn't have major, you know, kind of... It could do things to you that you might not want. I don't know. Whenever I've toured the States, I've always been intrigued by the adverts for medical products. And yes. there's always plinky, plinky music in the background, people running through the field, a dog. Propoplan. 
perfect for add name of ailment here. Propo plan will assist you to better cope with whatever the symptoms are. And then you get this. Proper plan is not to be taken if you're pregnant. Yeah, but I know what you mean. I, you know, do not take if you're having your period, if you have a prostate gland, if you have the blah, 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 if you're in blah, blah, blah. Yeah, do not take this product if, you if you're taking another one. And it's it seems as though every one of these products causes diarrhoea. Does, see, Does milk you've, just, you've just brought a silence down... I don't know. Does milk vessel cause diarrhea? She's shoveled it down me a few times after uh, a couple of nights in Bibin, but uh, I don't remember having the runs. Or... I don't know. I don't know what it does to you. I just tend to just shovel pills down people and wait and see what happens. I will take some of it. You'd be really easy to poison. Because Dookie, I'll, you take anything. I'll just say, oh, yeah, have some of this. This will be really good. Um, I'll take anything. Yeah, she does that with me, too, where I'll be like, oh, my knee's kind of creaky. And she'll be like, oh, here's the hoodly doodly pill that'll clear that right up. And I'm, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm still here. I'm not dead. So it seems as though in tandem with the Volvo returning, a vehicle known as an estate here in the UK, but as a station wagon in many parts of the world. Yeah. So we're back on the wagon yeah. In that the station wagon, the estate car is back, but we're off the wagon in the drinking stakes. Yeah, Dookie, and I don't like it because I'm sitting here sweating right now and my sweat smells like old wine. And it's not nice. It's not good, is it? No. Yeah, uh, you know. There are other addictions. There are other addictions, but... I don't know. It's, you know, you got to do what you got to do. You got, you know, you got to keep on top of it. You got to do. You guys aren't out of control, are you? No. You're not like, you know, carrying a hip flask in the morning. What is the deal with you can't drink until six? What is that? Like, you know, so say, say I'm kind of borderline alcoholic and what I'm doing is going, oh, so it's six o'clock. I can have a drink now. And then like I get hammered. And then get up the next morning and like I'm counting the minute. You know, why Why is six o'clock? Why is that okay? Axel Rose had a phrase in the heyday of Guns N' Roses' career. I know that the back, I don't really think it's their heyday now, but hey, day. Day. He would be, you know, at Reykjavik Airport waiting for a flight to wherever. And it would be ridiculously early in the morning and he would ask for some, you know, hardcore spirits. And the way that he would justify it is that it was always eight in the evening somewhere. Yeah, it's too, like you can't, I mean, I can see like if I'm rolling over in the morning and like grasping for like the bottle of vodka, that that's kind of not good. But, you know, wait until six, I mean, and then getting slaughtered. I don't know. I don't, I've run out of interest in it already. I don't. I always thought that I wasn't much of a drinker, and then I moved over here. So you're going to blame the British? I, I do blame the British because when I was pretty teetotal for when I lived in the states, and plus I was dating a hardcore alcoholic, so I wouldn't. Who was on the wagon? Hence the you know to go with the theme of the show, and you know so I didn't drink around him, and we didn't go out drinking obviously because that would have been bad, and I didn't really have a taste for it. And then I moved here, and boy, you guys like to drink, don't you? 
We have our moments. You guys like to drink the way that Americans like to eat. Like you just go looking for opportunities to drink that you find excuses to drink. You know, you're celebrating. Woo, let's drink. Or you're like commiserating. Woo, let's drink. The same or way that it's I'm, 11 o'clock in the morning. Or it's the 11 pub, o'clock. The let's pub drink. is open. Let's drink. Yeah, I don't get that. Like on like on a Saturday morning, I'll walk by a pub and I'll see people with like full pints of beer sitting and I'll look at my watch and I feel really judgmental, but it's just more than I'm just fascinated. Like, wow, you can you can really drink at 11 in the morning and ew, does that kind of, I don't know, I'd just rather have a coffee because I want to go to sleep after I drink. And I just think at 11, if you have a pint of beer, you've still got the rest of the day to get through and how are you going to do that? So that's why I find it more fascinating. There are a couple of pubs in London who operate, you know, at the inverse times of the way normal pubs do. For example, near Smithfield's Market. Yes, there's I've a heard pub about that caters for the employees there. Uh, the the employees, <laughs> the employees, the, the employees. Yes, and so at four in the morning, you know they they're offering you know lunch. You can go have and, beer at four in the can, oh, okay. Absolutely yes, um, and. But that is like, you know, in the States, like you can go anywhere to eat at four in the morning. And here, like when we were coming back from Edinburgh, you know, we... Edinburgh. We, yeah, whatever. Uh, we were, you know, we're all in the car. We're all starving. It'd be on a long day and we're all just dying for a pizza. But we're not going to get home until like 10.59. And the pizza place closes. It was a Friday night. It closes at 11. And we, you know, check in every pizza place in town. Every place closes at 11 on a Friday. You know, it's kind of frustrating. Whereas in the States, you'd be like, you know, oh, four in the morning, I'll go get a pizza. But here, yeah, you can't really do that. So, you know, everywhere's got its vices. Sylvia. Yes. When did the drinking start to get worrying for yourself? Oh, only in the last week. It's only because I found out that the other person who's also going for this work, they got an email confirming their interview and I still hadn't heard. So I found out about that and I was very, very low and in need of some bubbles. Now. To get me through the night. I don't feel that it would be appropriate to mention anyone's name. But no. hear me out. I have yes. a theory here. Yes, please. So you're concerned about the fact that this other person, your friend who is also up for this gig... Yes. ...was contacted before you were. Yes, so of course I had to come home and hit the bubbles. Now, your surname begins with the letter S. S as in Silversmith. That's right. Do not mention this other person's name, but what does... Which letter does their surname begin with? Well, they come before me in the alphabet, but you know... Ah. When you're not, well, and it doesn't matter now because, you know, then they contacted me and, gave, you know, said, but if they waited, I had to wait two days. Oh, did you have a... After this other person finally, and I was like, oh, so they've got the interview and we both have the same skills and experience, roughly. And so, you know, I had to wait. Those were two long days. And poor Marcia. I mean, she doesn't even really like cooking. And she was in the kitchen just baking Betty Crocker to say, you know, get away from me. And shoving cream cheese and vanilla frosting down my face just to shut me up because I was being so miserable. 
with an eye marcher. She's been pretty vile. Pretty vile, I'll tell you. You wouldn't normally put the word vile next to Sylvia's name, would you, Dookie? No. But, Level-headed, pleasant, yeah, affable. Yeah, no, it's a little difficult. Charming. But, you know, the bubbles helped. So, yeah, so I didn't find out for two days. And then, so that was, you know, smarting. And then all of last week, I knew that tomorrow the thing was coming up. So the nerves are getting to me. So ah. the bubbles are there. But otherwise, you know, I'd much rather eat than drink. You know, I have a friend who says that she would rather drink her calories and eat them. And I understand that. It's just that I'm the complete opposite. I'd rather eat them than drink them. Basically, that's the the notion of empty calories yeah. versus comfort eating. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Comfort drinking versus comfort eating, but... But you're showcasing your wares as well tomorrow as well, Dookie. I have an audition... But you're not nervous because you you know you're fabulous. That's very sweet. I am nervous. I care. And of course I want to get the gig. And this literally is a gig. And you're fabulous. Thank you. You're fabulous. This place would be lucky to have you. Yes. There's no reason for you to be nervous. No, I know, but aren't we all nervous when we're... It's a sign that you care. I wonder what kind of interview you have to have to be one of the parking ticket dudes. Do you have to, like, role play out an argument or... You think... Now, there's a training course I would love to run. How to have arguments with people. Wouldn't that be fabulous? You could, like, do build towers of paper, like those, you know, cheesy things that trainers have people do, and then have somebody else on the course come and deliberately knock it over, and then they get in a fight. And, you know, and the the more aggressive and horrible you are, the more, the better you are, because that's your job, to be a parking ticket dude. There have been a couple of reality shows. Or dudette. Mm, or, or dudette. There have been a, a few, goodness, I can think of about three reality shows which have Followed the fortunes of people working as car park attendants. It has to suck, surely. And it really does look like a thankless job. I know inherently that... Good, what do you want? Thanks for giving me a parking ticket and for, you know, taking a great big turd on my day? I mean, is that... You know, really? Is that a thankless job? Yeah, what do they want? Thanks? (laughs) You're too nice, Dookie. You're too nice. In any case, though, you know, I, in a very polite and thorough manner, I guess somebody's I contested got to do it. my ticket and, it, you know, it didn't work. But I'm at least pleased that I gave it a go. And even though I'm still going to be bereft £60, at least I I know that... I created some administrative annoyance for the people working at the the central office for the weapons who do this. All right, I think we should go bomb their offices with Betty Crocker. So you're saying that we should actually treat them with love, with wonderful cakes, and hope that they get yeah. It's like one of those, like this Banksy. You know, that make a good Banksy. You know, like where he takes like war stuff, but like puts a smiley face or puts a ribbon on a a little pink bow on like an army helicopter or something. It's like that. It's like you're you're bombing the place, but with cake. You know, and you can't, you know, what do you do about that? You know, it's like, you know. Another Banksy idea, I suppose, could be an image of somebody putting the the ticket onto the windscreen 
and the driver who you would expect to be irate giving him or her a cake. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, like that. Like you're doing something, you know, violent, but your weapon is something like, yeah, like cake, like totally innocuous. I like that. So we're going to go down. You said it's in Yorkshire. Yes. We got to drive up there. Up, right? Up, yes. right? Right. So we're going to drive up to Yorkshire and throw Betty Crocker at their offices. I think that's a plan. We're going to have to make a lot of cake. Yeah, well, I better get started. Betty Crocker. There are other to- cake mixes. <laughs> Betty Crocker, you're going to be a rich woman. Bring it on. Mm. Keep interrupting the conversation I'm having with my friend. Terry, mm. oh, type. Welcome to the second instalment of Stereotypes. Sylvia. Thank you, Dookie. Stereotypes. So, now, in this segment, we're talking about me stereotyping and being utterly, utterly wrong and having to learn my very hard lesson, right? This segment is flipping that on its head. Flipping it, Dookie. There's a head and it's being flipped. I stereotyped. So last time I talked about me stereotyping some young people who were completely and utterly not my stereotype. And I had to say, shame on me. Shame, shame, shame. This week, I stereotyped somebody and my stereotype was right. Oh. Do you want to hear about it? Please. I went to stay in a hotel because I was doing some work the next day. And my colleague was coming up later to stay in the same hotel because we were working together. And I was unpacking my work clothes for the next day. And I noticed that my top was very, very wrinkled. So I thought, now I need to iron this. Maybe I better best call down to reception and ask if I can borrow an iron. And then I thought, no, now wait a minute. My colleague, who's also a friend of mine, who was coming a little bit later, he's gay, right? There are other persuasions. There are other persuasions. And we love all of them on the DQ And they're radiation. fabulous. And he's gay. So I thought to myself, oh, he'll be bringing a travel iron. So I can just wait for him to get here. And I will ask if I can borrow his travel iron. And then I thought, Sylvia Silversmith, that is just the most rank stereotype to assume that just because he is a gay man, that he will automatically be carrying a travel iron with him. And why would he? He's got enough stuff to carry. Shame, shame, shame on you. So I ran down to reception and asked to borrow their iron and brought it upstairs and ironed my top. And that was that. And then he arrived and I went to his room to have a little chit chat and a visit with him. And he was unpacking while I was visiting with him. And he took out his shirt and he said, oh, I need to iron my shirt. And I said, oh, well, I borrowed an iron from downstairs. And he said, oh, no, 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 no. I brought one with me. I brought my travel iron. And he showed me his case and he said, look at this. And he had his travel iron and his moisturizer and his hairnet. It was a stereotype come true. And I told him about it. I said, I didn't. I almost texted you to say, do you have a travel iron? And then I stopped myself to say, no, no, no. Just because he's gay, that's a rank stereotype. And he went, but I do. I always carry my travel iron. 
So that was a stereo type that was actually correct. Did he have a DVD of The Wizard of Oz on him? See, now you're taking it too far. Liza Minnelli? I don't think he's really... Oh, no, he's a huge Diana Ross fan. Right. Like, huge. Like, I think he's seen her a lot. I think one time he even, like, touched her hand or something like that. Something happened at a gig where he managed to touch her. And I think maybe he used to drag up as her, maybe. Not, like, black up, but, you know, like, with the big hair and the glittery dresses and stuff like that. Her most famous solo track is probably I'm Coming Out. I'm Coming Out. Ooh. Oh, I'm Ooh, stealing Irene. A bit like Irene. Oh, I'm there. so sorry, Irene. I don't mean to step on your toes. I will stop that immediately. It's become a bit of an anthem in that uh, community. Dookie, what is the lesson I've learned from this? Because I really can't make sense of it. Is that sometimes gay men carry travel irons? Is no. that the sense that I make of it? I think it's more than that. Okay. I think sometimes stereotypes are there for a reason. And to paraphrase... Jerry Seinfeld. Yes. Is it racism if I like their race? Yes, I suppose so. I think it's just about being, you know. Not that sexual persuasion is is a race, but you understand what I'm getting. I think it's just, you know, not making huge assumptions about people. But I guess the lesson that I learned is that if you need to iron something and uh, a gay man is around, maybe ask him first if he has a travel iron. That's the lesson. If you were travelling with a lesbian friend, what would you have expected? Another lesbian? What, to be with her? I don't know. Should we ask Marsha? Let's go ask Marsha. Uh, Marsha! Yeah! On your fa- I-, I thought I wasn't in this segment. You are now. Okay, I am now. What? Are you talking about my lesbianism? Yes. Yeah, what about it? When you're traveling up and down the country. Yeah, here we go. Comfortable shoes, uh, bringing your furniture on your second date with someone, owning a cat. Uh, what else? Short hair. What? When you're traveling up and down the country. Yeah. Doing your uh, elocution lessons. Yeah. Do you bring a travel iron with you? No. Why would I want to do that? Most hotels have irons. Uh, that's... All that we needed to know. All right, can I go now? Yes. Are you guys going to keep... I don't have a cat. I don't like Birkenstocks. Uh, I've never brought my furniture on a second date. And... What about Katie Lang? I'm not really big on either the Indigo Girls or Katie Lang. What about Joan Armatrady? Now, that's a different story, but... Mm. That's, you know... Mm. Yeah, you guys carry on. So, Dookie, lesson learned. A lesson has been learned. Thank you. Make sure that uh, the hotel's got uh, ironing facilities if you're travelling up with a lesbian mate. Exactly. your charity shop purchases for me yeah
Recently, we heard the terrible news that Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie had split up. Now, I understand that Brad Pitt holidayed here in Amosford around the time that he was making a film called A River Runs Through It. How do you feel that this impacts on Amosford and the history of the place? Eh, uh, well, eh. Well, that's your lot. Sylvia Silversmith, normally you don't join me in these outros. I'm honoured. Seeing as this episode is called Back on the Wagon, are we going to go on the wagon? I don't know, Dookie. It depends on the outcome of tomorrow. So people could be listening to this podcast many years into the future. Yes. And they might already know about your triumphs at this organisation. They might. Uh, Triumphs? For me, I don't know about you, Dookie, triumph equal on the wagon. Not so triumphy equals we rolled off that wagon big style. Big style, Dookie, I'm going to roll off that wagon. So we really should have called this episode Back on the Wagon? Question mark. Yes, like that band Therapy. They had it in an... on an inexplicable question mark. Remember that? It was therapy? It's not uh, inexplicable. Oh, okay. Apparently... I sit corrected. When they were putting their demo out... Yes. ...on a cassette... Yes. ...they hadn't centred therapy on the spine. I see. So added a question mark in order to make it look better. Ah! Why not an exclamation point? Because they're annoying. They're the most annoying of the punctuation marks, so I the suppose. Therapy or so, therapy? Yeah, exactly. So I guess they had to make that decision. And they went with probably the least annoying one. Okay, so this week, what are you calling this show? You're calling it On the Wagon? Yes, now. And we can only pray to Dog Dookie that the next segment will be called On the Wagon. Triumphy stuff. Triumphy stuff. We're hoping for triumphy. Well, may the worst of tomorrow be the best of yesterday. Absolutely. For the both of us. Yes. Thank you for listening. Now it's time for me to go and uh, <clears throat> pop my weasel. Half a pound of tuppenny rice, half a pound of treacle. That's the way the money goes. Pop goes the weasel. Click on your mouse to our Facebook page Facebook It's easy to find, it will not take an age Facebook www.facebook.com Forward slash The Dukey Radio Show The Dukey Radio Show the thin white Dukey is right. Click your way to the Dukey Radio Show Facebook page. www.facebook.com forward slash the Dukey Radio Show. The Dukey Radio Show. The Dukey Radio Show. Oh, tell me again about the unique features of your Mark II Volkswagen Golf. Mmm.